0: You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. halloween season everyone hope you're enjoying it hope you're getting your decorations up got your candy and got your costumes i don't think i'm gonna dress up this year i think i'm gonna do a a a basic bitch costume so i'll probably just i'll probably do something loki inspired honestly but it'll be fun but hope you're all having a great uh time of the year hope you're all staying safe so i have a review for A movie that I've referenced a couple times on the show, and I'm—I have a bit of a backstory here, so uh, if y'all would humor me, I've got a review for Jennifer's Body, which is directed uh, by—not Diablo Cody. I always want to say that it's not directed by Diablo Cody. It's directed by Karen uh, Karen Kusama. It's written by Diablo Cody. So, to go ahead and get into my little backstory here, so. As I've mentioned I have two younger siblings and they were both basically this and Twilight cuz this came out yeah 2000, 2009 so yeah uh, Twilight Eclipse was 2010 so yeah this is right in the middle of like Twilight mania and glee and I'm just going to be honest with y'all all that shit just kind of hitting was a perfect storm of just me being annoyed uh, because it was basically those th- three things constantly being talked about. And look, I wasn't a fan of Megan Fox. I'm not a huge fan of her now, as far as an actress. She seems like a nice, nice person, but as far as her acting ability, eh. And after seeing that second Transformers movie, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, Revenge of the Fallen is that the second one? Sure. Um, I remember just going like, oh my God, this woman just needs to go the fuck away. But in particular of Jennifer's body, I remember it was just one of those movies that the people who loved it, loved it. The people who hated it, like myself, hated it. And it was just this constant though of, you just don't get it. You're a guy. Oh my God, why do you like this? And so, look, when I initially saw it back in... 2009 that I would have been like 22 um I didn't like it I really didn't like it but as I've talked about on the show before I remember the first time I saw the matrix and I was like god the matrix fucking sucks uh I just I didn't get it I didn't think it was good at all but then I gave myself like I gave like two like two years and I just went now, obviously, this doesn't apply for all films. Usually, when I see something, I go, oh, yeah, I, I'm pretty set on my on my feeling about it. But this is something I went, look, I'm a big fan of Diablo Co- uh, Cody and what she did post Jennifer's Body, because she did Young Adult uh, with Charlie Theron, which I adore. Um, she actually wrote uh, Ricky and the Flash, and while I'm not crazy about that movie, I think there is a charm to it but she did uh but she did that and then she did Tully which was in uh, 2018. So I think I think the a pretty damn good writer. I don't think she always hits, but I think she's a very good writer. And so I went back and I rewatched this, and I rewatched this last year. And I was originally going to review this for the Real Spooky Series uh for 2022, but I went on my Facebook and I posted about how Hey, Jennifer's Body is an underrated horror film. I didn't say it was a cult classic. I didn't say it's, you know, the bee's knees or anything like that. I just said it's an underrated flick that people should probably go back and rewatch. And one of my siblings basically went on this whole tirade about how, you know, I was unfair to a movie and I suck, essentially. And so. Because I was highly annoyed because it turned into a whole dramatic situation for absolutely no fucking reason, I didn't think it was fair to the movie to review it with all of that happening so in, in, in close proximity to me watching it. So I actually went back again uh, about a week ago and re this again just so it's somewhat fresh in the mind and everything and so now i feel like i'm comfortable enough in a space to be completely fair uh completely biased and go ahead and give my review so that that's the short that's the little story behind why this was delayed but this movie of course stars uh, megan fox uh, stars uh, amanda seafried who i'm a big fan of amanda seafried i i i adore her work and they go ahead and play jennifer and needy respectively and just from jump, I will say, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to this movie as far as not just the film really, but as far as the marketing, because if you think back to the marketing and I would even encourage you just to do a quick YouTube search or Google search on the marketing, you know, it's Jennifer, it's, uh, uh, sorry, Megan Fox, uh, but it's Jennifer in like a short skirt and it's, it's definitely, teasing that's gonna be more of like a sex comedy with a few horror elements instead of the other way around and I think that distinction is really important to make before I get into this review to be completely fair to it because the way that it was pitched it killed this movie it, it it absolutely brutalized this movie. Um, that's one of the things that's wrong with it um, was the marketing the marketing did this film absolutely no favors and to be quite frank it really does show how marketing can just tank a film before it even goes ahead and has a chance to to uh, hit cinemas and the other thing and and i don't think enough people have brought this up in their critiques because i've i'll be real y'all i went through because i i do try to be somewhat informed so i went through and i watched like probably eight or nine pretty lengthy essays about why Jennifer's body is a cult classic and why and you know men were too hard on this and da, 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 da. and and look multiple things can be true were, were men probably too hard on this movie yeah to an extent but you know kind of like Bill Burr says about the WNBA like women you do need to go out and support this shit and yes this definitely has gained a cult following uh I, I would say post all of this but the i think the biggest thing that really really hurt this movie outside of the advertising is the rating it's rated r and uh to be quite honest after re-watching it i think they say fuck maybe twice like, like three times maybe four if you cut the fucks out you pretty much have a pg-13 movie And I think that actually would have played way better with, uh, you know, with high school audiences being able to see this instead of having to wait for it to hit, uh, you know, digital or uh, or Blu-ray. And I was really quite confused by that watching this because even the horror stuff, the violence, so much of it is shown in shadow or you see like blood splatter. I went you could do this as pg13 and get away with it i i was really i i, I mean i know that obviously no one at uh, at fox uh, or 20th century now uh, since disney owns them <laughs> they'll own this podcast at some point but the fact that, that 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 tweak wasn't made i was really flabbergasted by that i have no idea if anyone who was even involved with the marketing is at 20th century anymore, but I'd love to ask somebody, be like, why did this happen, why did no one just think to make the pivot to BG13, I, I, you know, I said the same thing about Birds of Prey when it came out, but at least Birds of Prey shown showing, you know, broken bones and shit, so I understand why I had to keep that art, but this, in this case, I just felt like it was unnecessary, it felt like a weird marketing ploy to make it rated r to make you think you'd see you know megan fox's uh boobs or something and it was just it was very odd on, on a rewatch and i really think that if you make that switch to pg-13 we're having a different conversation right now but uh but i'll talk about that more as we kind of go through here so let me let me just kind of jump into the plot here so the movie goes ahead and opens up with Needy, uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, and she's in prison. And we are informed to the fact that the events of what occurs, of what we're about to watch, happened a couple months ago. And there is there is a shot in particular at the 4:37 mark, and I want you, I want all y'all to make a note of it. The mark at the 4:37 mark, uh, that th- this shot in particular it's fucking gorgeous and if it didn't make you think that karen kusama would be something that was kind of the almost the light bulb moment where i went she really does get how to frame elements in horror and it's going to serve her well down the road and she ended up doing that movie the invitation which i'm probably going to review at some point uh this month because i actually really like the invitation but Amina freed she's in prison she's adapting the prison life um she (laughs) there's this prison guard that tries to fuck with needy and needy kicks the shit out of her she kicks her like she's in fucking 300 and i (laughs) just from jump i appreciated that it was something that caught me completely off guard i went ah i i I really like that well well played movie this movie is definitely giving buffy the vampire slayer vibes Uh, For better or for worse. And I'll definitely get in that in, uh, in a second. But it felt like when the script was being written, that was very much a part of the inspiration behind this movie. And the other big influence on this movie is definitely Heather's. Like, that is a huge influence on this film. And that's kind of the biggest issue with this movie is that it just isn't as good as Heather's. And Heather's was very, you know, was a lot more straightforward. This gets a little lost in the weeds, but I'll I'll, I'll get to that here. But Needy is going ahead and telling us the story from prison. Um, <laughs> one of the lines I actually really like to start off the movie is, she goes, I wasn't always this cracked. I used to be normal. Well, as normal as any girl under influence of teenage hormones, which, let, let's be clear. I, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm closing in on 40 oh god but I remember being a teenager and being a teenager sucks so bad because your brain is just going a mile a minute oh my god oh my god their ass is nice oh my god am I gay oh my god what's going on oh god colors like, like, like there's so much going on with your hormonal brain that it's legitimately overwhelming and I was in high school back in you know 2000 2001 this is before TikTok and the the insanity that is social media i was on myspace back in the day so when she's talking about uh insane teenage hormones which admittedly from <laughs> two women in their you know their mid-20s making this movie is it's very ha 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 um but it's true, though. It's, it's a lot being a teenager. I don't know how kids fucking do it now. Um, the movie itself takes place in uh, Devil's Kettle. That's the name of the actual town. It's a population of 7,036 people. When the movie opens up and we actually see Devil's Kettle, one thing I thought that was actually really interesting is that they show this waterfall, but it's not a normal waterfall. It's just the water just kind of goes in this hole and just stops And it, again, this is me just spitballing, it feels like maybe that's, like, the town itself, there's another dimension to the town, or maybe that waterfall, or lack thereof, is, like, their Hellmouth, similar to Buffy. I I, I do think that there's room to expand this universe, and and I'll get to that as I get later on in the review, but that was something I just found, I, I just found very interesting, So at this point, we're introduced to Jennifer, of course, played by Megan Fox. And one of the lines that Needy drops is uh, people have a hard time thinking that a babe like Jennifer would would associate with a dork like me, but Sam Buck's love never dies, which I thought was a cute line. And that is one other thing I do wish this movie would have done more is... I thought, I wish we would have gotten to see more of the sandbox love. Because in order for us to buy into Jennifer versus Needy, I really would have liked more of a foundation on their relationship. It's very similar to that movie Brightburn, where, you know, the the kid breaks bad, goes insane, starts killing people in the town. Okay, fine, I can buy that. But I need to see this kid more being a good kid in order for the you know the rogue uh, the injustice superman arc to land and that was my biggest problem with that movie and that's really my probably one of my biggest issues with this movie is that we don't get to see Jennifer and needy their relationship pre-all of this. it's really just kind of told to us and we're left to fill in the blanks. And we do get a few, like maybe one or two flashbacks of them as kids. And that's really it. I would have liked to have seen uh I just saw Joyride, which I haven't reviewed yet. Uh it's fantastic by the way. But that's one of the things that they do so well with the uh the main characters in that movie is that we do get a montage of them as kids going through these life events together and honestly a montage would have worked fine in this movie but we just don't get that it's just told to us and that was a point of true frustration for me because you need to have your foundation before you make a turn like this the one thing uh, one of the things that i do appreciate about this movie is it definitely shows how much of an alpha jennifer is meaty ghost's whole list of rules that jennifer has you know she said um where she, she even says where something cute means something specific in jennifer speak like it you know it means i can't look like a total zero but i couldn't upstage her either and it it is really it's really funny trying to see them dress down amanda Seafried who is fucking gorgeous um She even says, I could expose my stomach, but never my tits. And it's like, damn, that's like, that's, that's shitty. Okay. But they go ahead and they go to this bar where uh, Jennifer and Needy meet uh, Needy's boyfriend, Chip. Chip is played by Johnny Simmons. You know him from a lot of shit. He, He plays this sort of role kind of perfectly that that nerdy boyfriend type because he plays ex- basically the same fucking character in Aubrey Plaza's uh the the to-do list which if you have not seen the to-do list watch the to-do list it's fucking wonderful but he's basically playing the same character in that he's basically playing the same character in uh in Scott Pilgrim as Neil uh he's gotten a lot of mileage out of, of playing this type and hey he gets to act on alongside some amazing actresses so hey good for him but Um, (laughs) getting getting to the humor of the movie which I will say for me as I mentioned Buffy season one earlier for better for worse this is very heavily inspired by Buffy the vampire slayer especially when in terms of the dialogue and how the characters talk to each other the humor doesn't always work but the the humor that does work really works for me there's there's a point or I think it's Needy, brings up Phil Collins, and Chip, with no sense of irony, completely deadpans, like, wait, who's Phil Collins? And I just, it made me feel so old (laughs) in that moment to hear someone not know who Phil Collins is. It's like, oh, fuck off. Um, I think it's Chip who says it to Needy. He goes, salty means beautiful. Well, then you must be soy sauce. And stuff like that, where you're just like, uh, okay, like, uh, cringe, and that's where I do feel like the film has a bit of an identity crisis, because it's very much trying to speak in the way that teenagers speak to each other, and again, I don't know how teenagers speak to each other now, who the fuck knows, uh, I don't know what's on fleek, um, god, I felt old just doing that, but I, (laughs) but, but I do think that there's a, a bit of it's a bit much at points, and so if you are annoyed by some of the dialogue, I, I can't, I can't get on you for that because I get it. But for the most part, I I think it's more like like sixty five thirty five. Most of the dialogue did work for me, but the stuff that did annoy me really did annoy me. Uh, there there's straight up a point, <laughs> and I think this is actually before they go to the to the bar to see this band. There's straight up a point where Jennifer just goes, "It smells like Thai food in here. Have you guys been fucking?" And I was like, "Jesus, okay." Like, there's there's no subtlety in Jennifer whatsoever, and that that's kind of like I, I think we all kind of have that friend, but there is a point where I was like, "Damn, that's that's ugh, okay," um, but but that line in particular definitely caught me off guard. Chris Pratt is in this and that was something I completely forgot Chris Pratt is basically playing this fucking um he's playing a guy named Roman Duda so he's dressed up in this like military-esque garb it's like he's already it's like he knew the tomorrow war was gonna happen but he's (laughs) he's dressed very much in that sort of attire and it's very ironic to see Chris Pratt dressed and shit like that, knowing his politics and how he kind of, you know, he goes, you know, people hate Jesus too. Like if Jesus dressed like that, they would have every right to hate him. But, but it, it was just very weird to see Chris Pratt in this movie. Cause again, I just completely forgot that he was, that he was, uh, that he was in this. And speaking of, uh, speaking of Chris Pratt, <laughs> Jennifer just drops this piece of knowledge that, you know, sure. She talks about the fact that she's not uh, a backdoor version anymore, thanks to Roman. Um, I couldn't even go to Six Flags the next day because I had to sit home and sit on a bag of frozen peas, which admittedly I did, I did laugh at. I was like, that's, like, shit, okay. Um, so the big crux is that this band, uh, uh, Low Shoulder, Hurt Shoulder, something like something shoulder um that band they want fame and fortune like most indie bands do and they go ahead and they make a pact with the devil to go ahead and sacrifice someone who's a virgin and that is probably the most poignant point i think that the film makes is that if jennifer had just said that she was promiscuous they wouldn't have sacrificed her i mean lord knows what they would have done you know to her anyway i mean do they let just let her go probably not but it does get into the whole slut shamey aspect of society which you know definitely exists far more on the female side than on the male side but i i found that very interesting um that juxtaposition and how they, the film does bring that up I wish they would have actually talked about it more because they kind of just address it the one time you know they go like oh are you version she goes yes and I just went oh well because there's there are points where Jennifer talks to needy after she's been possessed and that that actually could have been a conversation that they that they had and and the movie never brings that up really and I just went oh that that's that's a missed opportunity the band itself the guys in the band are actually pretty funny because you know they're even talking about how you know like indie rock it's really hard to make it an in indie in, in indie now everyone needs a leg up so if we have to go ahead and work with satan then god damn it we'll work with satan uh yeah the band um i can't remember i don't think this is in the movie because i don't think they existed but um they really sound like if you can make 30 Seconds to Mars suck even more. Like, they're, they're a shittier version than 30 Seconds to Mars. Like, it, it's kind of incredible how much these guys suck. If if they were an opening band for someone I actually wanted to see, it would definitely be one of those, all right, I'm, I might go get dinner <laughs> and come back because eek. Like, they're, they're, they're not good. And, and I think that's very much part of the joke. Um, but it was, it was pretty funny that, uh, that that's how they played it. Um, also, and I I think Needy brings this up, the, the, the whole bar that they're performing in, it, it, it's gets set on fire and they are so nonplussed about the building being on fire. I went, that's weird. Like you, you, like you should be more what the fuck about this than you are the fact you're so like yeah whatever i went that's that's weird like what the fuck i i I, yeah wasn't wasn't crazy about that um needy or um not needy jennifer drops the line of uh did you uh was the model of the van a 1989 rapist which oh my god the moment i saw this van i went oh this is this this van screams great vibes if you were driving this van anywhere near elementary school the cross guard would be telling the kids to get across the street as quickly as fucking possible it is it is the creepiest looking van it, it it could be the van from the black phone i just it, i just didn't make the connection <laughs> like it it's crazy how creepy looking the van is i mean vans in general don't exactly inspire confidence but this van in particular if it was uh, if it was in disney's cars it would have the creepiest fucking voice in the world it would sound like him from the uh him from the powerpuff girls like it is a horrendously terrifying looking van so jennifer shows up uh, of course at Needy's house after the barn is burned down and people have dispersed gone gone running and okay so I didn't mention this yet but a- a- Amy Sedaris is in this movie as Needy's mom I just love Amy Sedaris I, I-, I love seeing her she's not in this movie a ton um, but the conversations I think we get between her and Needy are, are fun but <laughs> but when Jennifer shows up in Needy's kitchen because Needy's mom works nights. I found that scene actually pretty sad, honestly, because Jennifer is being so cold and callous about people dying. Um, you know, and Needy even asks, you know, did we know anyone? And Needy and uh, Jennifer goes, we knew everyone. And I was like, damn, that's like shit. Okay, that's that's cold, but. The thing is Needy is not showing in in any respect the amount of intensity that she should be, considering Jennifer threw up black goop like on her kitchen floor and she's just cleaning it up like someone spilled some juice. Like like the the Danger Will Robinson danger alarm is not going off for Needy yet and look, I get its horror and I get that. As a black dude, this is something in horror I always just go like, God damn it! Why does everyone act so nonchalant when demon, demonic shit is occurring? I know it's white people, but, <laughs> but God damn it, needy! You need to be. There needs to be more intensity with how you're dealing with this shit. You're you're being way too nonplus about it, and that kind of drove me nuts, especially for someone that's supposed to be your best friend. Um. Yeah, that that irked me. Um, Needy continues by talking about how the whole uh, the whole country had a tragedy, a huge tragedy boner for Devil's Kettle, and it's it's really interesting that line in particular because when you think about how unfortunately you know school shootings occur like fucking damn near daily at this point, how the country just treats it like it's it's, it's something that just happens when it's clearly not, we should have fucking gun control laws. But the whole murder boner uh, or tragedy boner aspect is such a thing because I do think that people fetishize certain events that occur. And it's like, oh my God, what a tragedy. I'm going to act like I care, but not actually care. And so to bring up that point, back when this movie was made, back in, back in 09, I was actually pretty impressed with that, and it's something that, uh, it's an element of the film, that's actually aged better, I was actually like, oh, wow, I appreciate that they brought that up, right on, and this is where Jennifer goes ahead, and starts killing boys at the school, and look, this is probably my biggest issue with the film, so I know a lot of people said, you know, it's like, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a film about taking down a piece of shit. Okay, fine. You know, it's about taking down pieces piece of shit, man. The problem is like, none of these men were pieces of shit. At least that we were shown. They were just horny high school guys that went, oh, this girl's paying attention to me. Yeah, I'll follow you in the woods or whatever. But that's it. Like, it's not like these guys were, you know, harassing women or kicking puppies or anything. It was just that these guys happened to be around. So when people were like, yeah, take those men down, I went, what did they do? Like, they didn't do shit. And it's actually kind of gross the way people are like, yeah, take them down. I went, why? They didn't do anything. The movie itself also never explains why Jennifer isn't able to go ahead and just go after low shoulder just go after the band it's never brought up and it's it's confusing to me because jennifer brings up the fact that she needs to feed on you know on boys like okay you need to feed in order to stay um you know pretty okay totally fine i can wrap my head around that vampire demon sure fine but then even the movie just goes Oh, actually she can feed on needy too. It's like and she goes, "Oh, I go both ways." So I went, "Well, you're 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 throwing that out here in the bottom of the ninth. You hadn't like established that, but okay, I guess." Um and and this is what takes me back to the whole rated R versus PG-13 thing because the first guy she well the second guy she kills. She kills this one guy on the way over to Needy's house, which Man, that poor bastard. The way he got it, I was like, that sucks. But the guy she kills, who was, uh, who was really close to one the uh, the, the uh, to Jonah, um, the way that she kills him out in the middle of the woods, it's very much a South Park moment where all the woodland creatures are kind of looking at this dude like, you need to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I don't care how hot she is, you need to fucking leave and. I really like that because animals, of course, are always the first to know that something's about to go down. So if an animal's ever looking at you like that, you should just get the fuck out of the area that you're in. But that scene again, like he looks up at Jennifer and her her mouth gets all big and it's like, ah, I'm going to eat you. And that's it. That's all we see. And then we see blood splatter and, you know, it goes back to what I said about the whole PG-13 versus R rating where you could make this PG-13 and you would still be able to get the point across. I think this movie is trying to do. And it just, it sucks that that decision was made because I really think it, it, it really took the knees out of a film that probably could have done better at the box office. And I think it actually would have been more effective to show it in shadow knowing it's a PG 13 movie versus having it be rated R and feel like you're getting gypped because you're not seeing any of the gore. Um, I think that's an important distinction that, that we need to make. And I think that it really does hurt the film overall. And to kind of tie in with that, um, one of the big things that the film just goes whatever about um, it never addresses Jennifer's feelings about the band that kills her, which she's aware of. Cause she talks about how the band killed her. So either the demon is like pretty intelligent or there's still some of Jennifer in there. The movie never really clarifies it. But, because, yeah, you could obviously argue that, you know, it's just a demon in a body. But if that's the case, then why does she act like Jennifer? Why is she keeping up this appearance? Like, when she could just be hot. Especially when Needy knows that she's a demon. So there's just that's where i think the 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 uh, the canon the lore of the movie is just not well thought out and this is one of those cases where the film is just over an hour 30 it's like an hour 40 ish i really think this need to be like two hours five minutes just to flesh some of that shit out and tighten the writing a little bit because there are those things that the movie just kind of goes whatever about and i went okay, for you trying to establish something supernatural, you need to actually invest in this a little bit, and the movie doesn't on that front, and that was rather irritating to me. Uh, Just kind of going through a couple other things here. Um, (laughs) uh, The band, and this actually made me laugh out loud, so I have to give the movie credit for this. Um, They flat out say 3% of the profits from Through the Trees, which is their song, uh, as a benefit single will go to local families I was like 3% you couldn't even give them the 10% you greedy motherfuckers like I I laughed really hard at that because the lack of sincerity on that front to offer 3 fucking percent it's like fuck off like that's fucking nothing um I, <laughs> that that really did catch me off guard and it was just like oh my god that's, that's really funny um also the memorial for Jonah uh, one of the the people that uh, Jennifer kills it's very dumb that the town just had a barn burned down and yet there are open flames on these candles in the middle of a high school (laughs) I just it was something that I noticed and I went okay I don't know if this is like intentionally trying to show how dumb the school is or if it's just an oversight Uh, but either way I was like oh my god that is horrendously dumb holy shit so then the rest of the movie really is Jennifer you know going through these guys killing them and then needy uh basically trying to go ahead and find a way to go ahead and uh stop Jennifer a lot will be made of course about the scene where they make out uh with each other which I will be the first to admit hot (laughs) but um also, very weird that Needy again knows that Jennifer is killing all these people and still makes out with her. But I digress. Um, that's where they have the whole conversation about what happened to Jennifer, and I don't know. I, I think there's, uh, you know, outside of the hotness, <laughs> I do think there's a lot of sincerity in that scene. I actually wish the scene went on a little longer, and while it would have been exposition, uh, very heavy on the exposition front that's where you kind of need could have established why jennifer can't go after low low shoulder and and they don't and they just gloss over it and i and i really felt like that's why that scene was gonna exist and so then when they don't establish that i was like uh like god damn it you you had a chance right there and you just kind of went and eh um also a very good rule of thumb if you were ever going to hook up with someone use google maps google where the fuck they are because if you're in some if you're into some sketchy ass neighborhood you might want to think twice um it's it's one of those things where there's this one guy that jennifer um, ends up tearing apart like rips him to fucking shreds uh colin is his name rips him fucking apart it's this abandoned ass house Um, in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's the one house that has a fucking street on uh, uh, or a light on. And presumably everyone else is just kind of out of town or something. But this house looks like it's had some construction going on. So maybe that's why people just kind of went, oh, it's that house, whatever. But that seems actually really cool in the way that the seduction kind of happens where he, where Colin... Smart white boy, I gotta give him this. He realizes kind of early on ish that, oh fuck, you're like this is bad. You're you're gonna fucking kill me, aren't you? And there's this really cool effect where Jennifer's eyes like blink a different way. It's kind of similar to uh, to Men in Black in that way, and I really like that. I I really like that effect. And you know we see. Jennifer throw her hair back while she's just ripping in the Collins body and but again you see it in shadow I'm gonna defend it in this point because I do think that the use of like the tarp that they have and the fact that at night and the way that the lighting is done I actually think that it does do a good job of getting the horror aspect across without showing everything but it's gonna be the one time in this movie that actually defend it um I, I I was just kind of like oh that that's cool for the scene but for the rest of the movie I was you know obviously irritated that I didn't get to see more given the rating So I didn't mention either that there's a point where needy is sleeping with uh with chip so presumably losing her virginity but while she's losing her virginity she's seeing Colin get ripped apart, which at this point, Jennifer hadn't bitten needy or anything so them having this connection I, I, doesn't really make sense <laughs> but sure i guess um yeah that was a bit that was a bit odd um but just getting getting near the end of the movie um it, it's i i mentioned the makeout scene between Jennifer and needy it it's it's made weirder by the fact that jennifer had threatened her like not even 20 seconds earlier but needy's still like oh let's make out just just weird um <laughs> ship and needy break up because needy is terrified about ship's well-being which actually given the circumstances makes sense needy starts looking up things about this demon that has possessed Jennifer and it's it's really funny how she how there's just a whole occult section in the library that knows exactly you know <laughs> what what uh, what Nini needs to know it's really funny how she goes well if she doesn't feed uh, if she doesn't eat then she gets ugly but like ugly for Jennifer which for Jennifer is like a couple that's like most high schoolers but you know when she's when she's well fed, she's glowing and gorgeous and everything. I I actually like the way they kind of play with that that aspect of Jennifer. This of course all culminates at the at the prom. Uh, I think it's called the snowflake dance or something like that. Um, yeah, snowflake dance. And what's what's really actually sad, and, and this is why the movie is frustrating because I do think Diablo Cody got what she was trying to say in elements of of this but I really think this is one of those cases where going from something like Juno straight to this I really think she needed someone to work with her on just fleshing the ideas out because there's this point where Jennifer is just looking in the mirror and she's so goddamn vain And put so much emphasis on just her looks and that's it. That the fact that she's getting ready um, for prom, the fact she has a picture of herself like right next to her mirror, you're like, God damn, this girl just, that's all she sees herself as, is a piece of ass. And it's really interesting when you think about how Megan Fox's career has gone and how she has definitely tried to go ahead and do more character-driven stuff, because let's, let's call it what it is, that's a large part of what Hollywood was putting on her, it was just the fact that's how Michael Bay portrayed her, you know, that's why she called him, a, you know, a fucking Nazi, and yet they work together again, but I really think that there's a little more subtext in that scene than a lot of people will ever take away, but it ends up leading to a pretty, Admittedly, awesome fight between Jennifer and Needy um, to go ahead and close out the movie. Jennifer herself um, goes ahead and is willing to kill Needy. You know, she, she's she's kind of through with the no fun and games bullshit. She's willing to just rip uh, Needy's throat out. But the whole the whole sequence of it kind of culminating in Jennifer's room after Needy's boyfriend Chip gets killed by. Uh, by Jennifer, that's wild. It's a really wild sequence. So I I mentioned that Jennifer ends up killing uh, ends up killing Chip. Here's my here's my leap in logic that just for me, I went, eh, okay. He just had sex with Needy maybe 48 hours ago. Let's just say 48 hours, because you know, time frame. But he kind of hates Jennifer and Jennifer hates him because he got, you know, because he gives needy just the semblance of self-worth that Jennifer tries to constantly take away because of their power dynamic. So the whole concept that ship would just go, Oh yeah, fuck you. I think you suck. Oh, you're trying to sleep with me. Sure. Let's fool around. I, I, it is a bit of a stretch. I get their high school kids. I get it. But it is just kind of a leap considering it doesn't even feel like Chip is remotely attra- attracted to Jennifer at all. So that was a bit that that really was kind of a eh, okay. Which goes back to my whole point of I don't think it's just a demon. I think there's still some Jennifer in there because to go after Chip feels personal. Definitely to Jennifer, just for Jennifer to say that actually fuck, what am I saying? It feels personal. It is personal because as he as Jennifer is seducing Ship, he even she even says, Tell me I'm better than needy. And I went, Okay, well then 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 what is the dynamic here with the with the dean okay. So it is just those things that I went, Alright, oh, like and Ship has been such a loyal dude. Like, a dumbass, sure, but little to his girl. And so in the bottom of the ninth to kind of pull this shit, I went without any real hints because you could have Chip even make a comment of... It would have been simple to be like, oh, wow, like, Needy, you look great. Jennifer, you look great, too. Just something like that, Uh, even at the the concert. It would have been easy to do stuff like that, and they just don't. So when the turn comes it feels like it comes from out of nowhere so i was i was rather agitated by that but getting back to the to jennifer's death um i love the way your death scene is filmed the the flipping of the camera the fact that they're fighting on actual fucking ceiling um i love that i actually love that full uh fight scene and i love that uh that whole death um (laughs) Uh, one of the last great zingers that needy gets in uh jennifer says i was snowflake queen and without missing the beat needy goes yeah two years ago when you're socially relevant it's like ooh." and one of the things i do appreciate about the scene uh especially is that you could only say things like that to someone that you do love and that you have history with and while I do think the film... I, I definitely think the film for not establishing the foundation between Needy and Jennifer. You definitely do feel like the stuff that's shown off screen. There is some credence to it because of some of these lines. And really a lot of it is in the delivery that Fox and Seafried are bringing to these roles. So I, I really did... Uh, I really dug the the last fight bit. Um I did laugh pretty hard because Jennifer's mom comes into uh, comes into the room after a Needy kills her, and I didn't even know Jennifer had a mom because we've never fucking seen Jennifer's mom <laughs> at any fucking point in this movie. So when this older woman comes in, I went, "Oh, it's Jennifer's maid." It's like, "Oh, it's her mom." Same thing, but uh, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, that's that's surprising actually," and. Again, this is one of those points where I do feel like you could have had Jennifer, uh, Jennifer and her mom having an interaction or two of, you know, maybe Jennifer wants to wear just like a spaghetti strap shirt that, you know, shows a little, you know, shows a little boob. And then like her mom cuts like the midriff with scissors or something like that. Just just to further emphasize the point that you are gorgeous and that's all I see you as. Like th- just these little things, these little tweaks that could have been made to the film i think would have added quite a bit to it and let the film hit harder um than it than it does unfortunately i do love where this movie ends up because we find out of course that needy has gone ahead and developed some powers because of the altercation that she has with jennifer and you find out that basically if you're marked or uh your blood mixes with one of these demons that you inherit some of their powers so needy gets the ability to like levitate and uh a few other things and so she goes ahead and i wish this was in the actual movie but i think the way that they do it in the credits is is pretty clever uh she has uh seafried has this killer line uh pun intended where she takes a cab to where Low Shoulder uh, low Shoulder is staying at this hotel and make, has this line about how tonight is going to be their last show. Subtle, but I love that line. Fucking love that line. And the credits shows Low Shoulder getting famous and achieving the fame that they wanted and then Needy absolutely slaughtering the shit out of them. And... That's where the movie ends. It ends with Needy killing Low shoulder and, you know, ending up in prison. And to be honest, this is where the Buffy comparisons for me really pick up because I think you could easily have a eight episode hour piece of miniseries, you know, kind of Monster of the Week type uh, continuation just call the miniseries Needy. Uh, you could even have hit that she has, uh, you know, you didn't even have that she has a kid or that she goes and takes on an apprentice, uh, to go ahead and, you know, teach how to kill, uh, kill creatures or what have you. Like you, there, there are multiple avenues you could go with this and I don't know. I, I think there is more to mind from this universe and you could bring back Megan Fox. Go ahead and, um, honestly, the fact that she stabs Jennifer and kills her, the fact that she kills this demon, you could very easily say, like have there be a way that that Jennifer comes back. It, it wouldn't be hard to do. You could do some sort of resurrection spell or even that aforementioned waterfall maybe has, there's some sort of healing factor in the water or something, or you could just bring Jennifer back through flashbacks. I mean, there are ways that you could go ahead and do it. So I think a TV show would allow for them to flesh out this world and fill in some of the gaps that I feel like the show or, or that the movie was missing as far as in its execution. But I do think that there is actually more to mine here. And if someone, I think Diablo Cody, even being like a co uh, co showrunner, I would I would love to see her work with someone else in the horror genre, someone a little more established. Uh, I mean, Jordan Peele obviously immediately comes to mind, but honestly, give give me a Diablo Cody Nia DeCosta co ran needy miniseries. I think that would fucking be aces, but. Getting to my final thoughts here, I understand that there will be people, I know that there are people who love Jennifer's body, and it it, it could fucking matter less what I say. I, I completely understand that there will just be people who love the shit no matter what, and that's fine. You know what? Because... Okay. I believe that one of the reasons why people love films so much is because of the emotion attached to them and what the films mean to them. That's why some people love the Twilight movies, no matter the fuck what. You know, it reminds them of going through high school, and there are memories attached to that. And I, I get it. You know, as shitty those movies can be, I get that that is a connection that people have to them. I I, I I totally get that. But I also think that stuff can just be shitty, no matter what you attach to it. You know, I love Black Panther. I, I've talked about my love of Black Panther there are some things that you can say that are that fall a little short including the cgi in that last you know that last fight scene doesn't mean that the film is less it just means that there is a criticism you can levy against it and i think i've been fair as far as in my criticism on this movie but i know and I, again this is just from just uh friends of mine i've talked to and just some googling and just going on you know twitter and TikTok and stuff. I, I understand that this movie has a lot of goodwill towards it. Just off the aspect alone that this was a movie that felt uh, that allowed people to come out, that allowed allowed people to, you know, ha- be able to define their sexuality and be able to have that courage. And I I can't I can't hate on a movie like that. Like if this movie gave you. That courage or helped you feel seen. That's awesome. I'm happy that this movie has that attachment for you. But just because a film doesn't, uh, just because a film has that attachment to you and it, it it conjures up those emotions, doesn't mean that it's you know a great film. But at the same token, this is not the dumpster fire that a lot of men let's let's call it what it is wanted it to be. I as per usual, the truth falls somewhere in the middle. So, like I said, I think I've been fair in my, in my criticisms. I do think that if you're one of the people who hated this when you initially saw it, like I originally did, I think that there's enough separation between when the movie came out and today that hopefully you can go in with an open mind and watch it and maybe get something out of it. Not saying that you will, but like I said, I've I've watched stuff initially that I went, Oh, this sucks and then gone back and gone oh wow no this is actually really good so i would encourage you to give this an actual chance like go in clear mind don't watch the trailer or anything don't try not to think about how you felt when you initially saw it but going with an open mind i think you'll be surprised so i'm right on the cusp of a c plus b minus like i'm right on that edge i will say because of the fact that i think there is still more you could do with needy. I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a B minus. I I think that's fair. And I'm also thinking too about the fact that if one of my friends, you know, if they had they had a son or daughter, or, um, or however uh, however you identify, if if they had a kid and they are like, well, my thirteen year old kinda wants to go see Jennifer's body, I'd go, you know what, have them get a group of friends together and go to a theater and, and check it out. You know, if this is like a Fathom event or something like that, I'd tell my friends to go. And this is one of those movies I think is a perfect gateway movie into horror, especially if you're in that 13, 14-year-old range, because you might see this movie and be inspired to write your own horror movie, or go, oh, what else can I watch, you know, that has uh, you know, female characters in it, that's a horror movie, uh, Ginger Snaps and The Craft are two good places to start, by the way, um, but this is something like Monster, like, this is almost like Monsters, Inc. for kids, in the sense of, if someone were, like, what's a great horror, you know, gateway movie, I, I, this is a good one, you know, I would definitely recommend Heather's first, but if, If you're one of those kids that's like an 80s movie, no, thank you. I'd go all right, fine. Watch Jennifer's Body, but yeah, this is this is this is better than I remember it being. Some of my complaints I originally had are definitely still there, but yeah, I'll I'll go B minus on this. And like I said, it it is the lowest B minus because it's right there on like C plus range for me. But I think that if you went and saw this at an early matinee or at a you know special screening that you'd have fun with it. So, yeah, B-minus for uh, for Jennifer's body. But Jennifer's body, what would you think about it, people? Let us know in the comments. Uh, You can go ahead and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Rate the show. It definitely helps us out. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts at the Real Pineapple. You can go ahead and uh, follow me. Uh, go and subscribe on Twitter or, or on a. T- YouTube. Oh my God. Uh, Go ahead and search The Real Pineapple. That again is R-E-E-L Pineapple. You can go ahead and subscribe there. You can follow yours truly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. That again is R-E-E-L Pineapple. I'm finally, finally going to be on Twitch later this month. So go ahead and keep an eye out for for details there go ahead and subscribe now so you'll know but I'll keep y'all updated on socials uh you can follow all of uh, all of our socials at linktr.ee/jhunterrealpineapple you can follow me on blue sky cuz I'm so fancy you can follow me on there at jhunterrealpineapple uh, don't forget to like both our facebook pages at the real pineapple and real pineapple games uh oh gosh where else uh you can also find the show on uh, you can follow yours truly on uh letterboxd at uh at black shazam and you can follow me on a uh, tiktok at black shazam as well uh thank you so much for listening everyone as we get more into october we're gonna have more halloween reviews including reviews for all the scream movies i'm really excited to get into those have a review for the wrath of becky which is of course a sequel uh to becky gonna have reviews up for bodies 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 uh uh the invitation because i i did mention i was gonna review that earlier but have a review up for that and we will have reviews up to finish up the twilight saga uh our reviews for Twilight, uh, New Moon, and Breaking Down Part One are up right now. By the time you listen to this, our reviews for Eclipse and Breaking Down Part Two will be up as well. And I also have reviews for Fresh, uh, No One Will Save You, uh, X, and Pearl also on on the channel as well for Halloween. And uh, I'm gonna be reviewing the new Haunted Mansion film as well, so I'll have a review up for that as well. A lot of Halloween reviews this month, but Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Get your uh, latest COVID shot. Get your latest booster. Get vaccinated for fuck's sake if you haven't already. Get your flu shot as well. We are heading into winter. Want y'all to be safe. But again, thank you for support. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to keep it real. (laughs)